It's time to catalog minor catastrophes, tell our real life terrors, and manifest some mayhem. That's right. Let's crack open the anxiety encyclopedia. I'm Kathy McNally. I'm Lorian McGill. Hello. We are very excited today to talk about my anxiety surrounding cruise ships. Ah, uh, yes. You don't have to <laughs> tell me twice. Okay. Yes. It tracks because immediately anyone who's listened to any episode probably knows I don't like to be trapped places like in the <laughs> middle of the ocean. I think that is a big reason, right? Like there's no escape. Have you ever been on a cruise? I actually haven't. You've okay. cruised, right? I have cruised. And nothing bad has happened to me, but <laughs> I always assume that there will be something that goes wrong. I mean, people love cruises and they yeah. go on a ton of them. And there are certainly things about them that sound awesome. You know, one of my cousins told me this week that my aunt and I should go on the Hallmark Christmas cruise this year. And I was like, Shut if up, I'm going to go on any cruise, it's this one that's sold out. But it's the inaugural Hallmark Damn. Christmas cruise. So they're doing it's in November. Oh. And they're doing, they have, they're going to have the movie stars on the ship and they're doing like Christmas karaoke and they're going to premiere a new movie on the boat for the people. Oh my God. This is like my chance to get one of those above average, good looking guys to fall in love with me. But then I probably have to move to Canada or something. That sounds fine. They have better healthcare. Maybe I could live on the side of Canada that's closest to you. That that would be the thing. I'm only three hours away. We can do this. Anyway. Oh my gosh. So that would be the so there are things about cruise ships that I'm like, yeah. And then there are things I've that I'm never like, I don't wanted you. I can do it. I've never wanted you to go on a cruise more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. I kind of want to do an Alaskan cruise. That's like the only kind of cruise that I want to do at this point. Okay. I mean, yeah. I've done like Caribbean as a teen. And I've done, like, Mediterranean. See, that I could do, I think I could be convinced to do a Mediterranean. Okay. Feed me all those olives. Well, well but, let's dive into But not all after of this episode. Well, so would you still do an Alaskan cruise? I'll let you know at the end of the episode. Okay, good. Good. And you can let me know if you want us to do your Hallmark Hallmark. <laughs> I mean, I think cruise. nothing's going to talk me out of that. <laughs> Hallmark is magic. Nothing bad can happen to you. The worst That's thing that right. can happen is just like a minor miscommunication. I'm pretty sure. That's right. I'm pretty sure it starts with you like accidentally like slipping and almost falling, but then and the a sad hero single grabs dad will you. catch me. Yeah. I think that's one of the like package deals. <laughs> it costs a little extra, but it's worth it for a lifetime of happiness. <sighs> Do you okay. think that they would accept a pitch? If I could get the right person on the phone where I write a meta Hallmark movie where someone goes and falls in love on the Hallmark cruise and there's like cameos from all their regular people playing themselves and... I I think you could. Honestly, they're basically writing the same story every year now, right? So then you yeah. have something new. And what would all those other people on the cruise like more than to be in a movie being filmed while the oh cruise is taking place? They already filmed they the movie in like 15 days. So I think I figure the cruise can't be that much shorter than the movie filming time. I think we got something really good here. Anyway. Hallmark will reach out. <laughs> Call us. They never respond when I write a blog begging them to let me write movies for them every year. So I don't think this is going to do it, frankly. You never know. <laughs> Don't stop dreaming, okay? <laughs> okay? Okay. When you think of cruise ship disasters, what comes to mind? I definitely think about uh, the, well, I think about COVID for one thing, because yeah. these were like, it's hard to call these disasters because they were smaller, slower, horrific things that happened, but all those people just sort of getting stuck out in the water maybe trapped with COVID on board, maybe just they were worried you were bringing it back. That's sort of the first thing because that's the most recent thing that comes to mind. But then I also think, I feel like for a little while their Carnival Cruise just had a terrible time where they kept... Where so they, many of these are carnival happening. Like every time they in the news, like once a week, there was a horrible thing that had happened while a carnival cruise was out at sea. So that's what like, oops, that's what I think of on both. We ends. did it again. <laughs> carnival cruises. <laughs> wah wah. 
Like that's right. just us being carnival cruises. <laughs> it really carnival is going to come up a lot. So <laughs> we're going to talk about various things that can go wrong. We're going right. to start with sinkings. So cruise ships can sink. Between 1980 and 2012, 16 cruise ships sank. Okay. Which isn't really that many, but uh, it can happen. Okay, now, the reason they... two years. Yeah. So the chances of the Hallmark cruise, you'll be fine. <laughs> the reason ships sink is usually because they're traveling through rough waters um, or like the ship belongs to a smaller cruise line. So again, you're probably going to be on a bigger cruise line you're not going to be on a smaller one so you're fine and you're probably not going to like go to alaska or something so you're probably good too as far as like but the waters the rough waters yeah so one example the worst one was ms estonia um in 1994 as the ship was crossing the baltic sea the bow door so like the front door had separated from the ship and because of the poor cargo distribution, the ship was already listing. So it's already like swaying, like it's not stable. And so that's making it worse. So that is increasing. And the decks and cabins are now flooding. The power failed and a full-scale emergency wasn't declared for 90 whole minutes. Oh my gosh, why? They were just sitting around in the dark, their ankles wet, and everyone was like, this is fine. This is the cruise experience. Right. I'm imagining this, uh, like, the crew just made up of, like, the worst people you've ever worked with, like, in the service industry who have, like, no sense of urgency. <laughs> well, they already did a bad job distributing the cargo. This, yeah. So we they just, like, don't care about their that jobs. There's some issues. And I'm thinking of, I'm not going to say his name, but I'm thinking of one person that we both worked with I don't at even Starbucks remember when his you name. said I was that. thinking of him. <laughs> After like six months, he didn't know how to make a drink. He didn't know how to work the POS. And also he was not yeah. interested in learning. And I think this ship is full of him. Just like they're like, I don't care. I don't, I know I'm doing it wrong. I don't want to learn. <laughs> so of the 989 people on board, 130 people were rescued. 852 people died. Yeah. That is so dramatically yeah. more than I expected. I really thought. Be That's yeah. Because since the Titanic, we have pretty serious lifeboat rules. Right. Like having enough. Um, And a cruise ship is so big that it takes a long time to sink, right? I mean, that's one of the benefits of moving around on such a giant vessel. You really should have time if you have the resources to get the people off the boat oh my gosh that's yeah. terrible yeah the i mean the issue is that they waited so long oh, right? right obviously so yeah because they didn't act quick um and partially because of like the ship's construction like the issue with the door and stuff that's why this happened really upsetting well yes when you say the door separated from the ship uh -huh. when the door really has two jobs one is to open and close and the other is to remain attached Stay to the there. ship um ships don't always sink though usually usually if they sink it's like partial oh and so I'm they just, usually like run around you're just doing a blanket statement like ships don't always sink. <laughs> i want you to hear it first <laughs> hear it here first folks ships don't always sink <laughs> no mostly they run aground so in 2021 Oh, that's too I, Oh, there are going to be some recent ones, so <laughs> buckle in. Costa Cruises vessel, Costa, Costa, Costa Concordia. Do you know how much time I spent going through this document and looking up how to s pronounce things? Because I'm so tired of listening back to myself <laughs> just blubbering. Like, now I'm doing it again. Okay. I would probably go with your instinct of Costa, like Costa Rica, but okay. I, that doesn't mean it's right. I say things and I then I say stuff wrong all the time. <sighs> Cos, what did I say before? Costa, <laughs> Costa Concordia <laughs> was on their first leg around the Mediterranean Sea. They deviated from their planned route around Tuscany. 
They sailed closer to an island, struck a rock formation on the seafloor. This caused the ship to list and partially sink, landing on its side on an underwater ledge. The six-hour rescue effort brought most passengers ashore, but 33 people died. As this is this is one of my favorites, okay? As this is like pretty much the captain's fault. He gets he's found guilty of manslaughter in a second. But as the ship was sinking, the captain left early, leaving 300 passengers still on board. Look, I don't know that much about being a boat captain, a ship captain. <laughs> but like the one thing I know is that your name is Mud as a captain if you leave your sinking ship, especially before all the people are off of it, you dummy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say 33, that's horrible since it was all avoidable, presumably. But that is more what I was expecting in the first yeah. story. And then you were yeah. like 850 people died. Yeah. That's like the worst one ever. So why so did he, did he deviate from the route because of weather, because of um, something? He, well, what I read was there was like issues with the like map or something like with the raid. Is that what you call it? Radar. But then he also was like, I've done this all the time. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But then there are also things like people say he wasn't wearing his glasses. So we had another guy look at the radar. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's like, oh, this is why you were found guilty. Wait, his argument after he killed 33 people was I've done this all the time. Because at that point, that's just not. That's like being like, I drive drunk every other weekend. This is the first time I've struck someone and killed them. Yeah. It's just not helpful at that point, right? Like, just keep it to yourself yeah. that you've done this all the time. I don't think he had a good reason. But, okay, the idea of him not wearing his glasses is, like, what was happening? Did he say that? Was he trying to pin it on the other person? Like, um, I didn't have my glasses on. Bill no. looked at the radar. It sounded like the other people in the, like, cockpit or whatever the fuck you call that area of the boat was telling him this. What do you call that part of the boat? Duh. <laughs> Didn't look up boat words. I'm going to find out. Keep keep talking. Okay. So 98 cruise ships ran aground between 1972 and 2011. That's a lot more than the 16 that sunk. Yeah. Now, there are also rogue waves. Recently, we've talked talked about rogue waves. We're talking about rogue waves with um, Bermuda Triangle. Basically, these are large and unpredictable waves that can take down ships. Did you find it out? Yeah, I did. So a wheelhouse, a bridge, a or a pilot house. And now oh. I'm thinking about the captain navigates, navigates, the captain navigates the shift. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just want you to feel better about Costa. The Thank captain <laughs> navigates the ship from the wheelhouse, which now I'm thinking about okay. the phrase, oh, the wheel. not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Look at that. Being in the wheelhouse was not in that one guy's wheelhouse. Okay. Um, so <laughs> ships have run aground. Ships also have been taken rogue up waves. by rogue waves. So in December 2022, the Viking Polaris cruise ship was sailing toward Argentina on a trip to Antarctica. So again, I'm not going on any cruise ship. First mistake, taking your vacation to Antarctica. Like That's not something that I'm going to do. So it was hit by a rogue wave. It came over the ship, broke through the windows, carrying water into rooms, sometimes breaking walls, and then carrying those walls into other rooms. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. One person was killed. Four others were injured. So we're still okay. That's kind of incredible that only... I mean, the boat was being taken apart by a wave. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really not the captain's fault. I like things that are operator error. I don't like when nature. Well, we got some more of those coming up. I don't don't like things that are operator error, but I prefer them to nature because you can correct them. Right. I can't control rogue waves and I don't like that. It's in the title. Yeah. Rogue waves. (laughs) Exactly. Now we're going to talk about pirates. Ahoy. (laughs) So I will say this up top. My two examples. There is a theme. And look, I don't want to say all pirates are Somali pirates, but it does seem like if you're on a cruise ship and you're going near Somalia, that's where you're most likely to encounter pirates. So 
Just saying that. So in 2005, while the ship, the Seaborn Spirit, was underway off the coast of Somalia with 115 passengers, the ship was attacked by two pirate speedboats launched by a mothership. The pirates fired machine guns and rocket-propelled grenades at the cruise ship. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The cruise ship used a sonic cannon or a long-range acoustic device, which they call LRAD, to deter the pirates using a powerful sound wave. No passengers were injured. Happy ending. That's some superhero stuff. I know. Sonic boom, yes. Yeah. Another example I got for you is in 2009. But if you're... And I want to hear this. I just want to go back. If you're looking at booking a cruise ship and this cruise company, the route you're taking is boasting about their LRAD and how good they are at using it and how practiced they are at using that. Just maybe like take a Disney cruise instead. I don't know. Yeah. I will tell you in a second. All cruise ships basically have them. Oh, okay. For this purpose. I mean, it makes sense. You don't. Want, you, you don't want to know about it, right? They shouldn't be advertising. It should no. just be a thing that they have. So you don't think they should put that on the brochure? No. <laughs> One panel is just that device. One of the activities you can take is training to use the sonic cannon. Who wants to practice fighting pirates? I do. <laughs> uh, so in 2009, while cruising from Durban, South Africa to Genoa, Italy, With 1,000 passengers and 500 crew members on board, the MS Melody was attacked by Somali pirates. A speedboat with six people on board drove up alongside the ship, fired at the bridge. So that's like the cockpit, I guess. Mm -hmm. With an automatic rifle and tried to board the ship. I will say, though, like, I miss the days when pirates were in those big wooden ships. You know, like... The good old days. You miss the days? Are you 600? (laughs) I just think it's like I'm more flair. It's a little speedboat. The speedboat. Like, is it inflatable? Come on. (laughs) Have some respect. Um, Yeah, for real. Respect yourself. Okay, so they try to board the ship. Now, this is wild to me. This is not what I would do if I'm a passenger on here. (laughs) I'm a coward. The passengers of the cruise ship fought off the pirates by throwing tables and deck chairs overboard before the ship's security team could be mobilized. That's before like so, the ship's secu- yeah. so proactive. This is where I really am going to take advantage of. Listen, there are certain things about the structure that we live in that are negative for women, right? So I think we should catch as catch can. And there are moments when I'm willing to be a damsel in distress. And this would be when I'd be like, I'll be in our room. You (laughs) chuck that table over the side. They're going to the side with their chairs and we're going the other other way. way. Yeah. (laughs) Best luck guys. Let me know how it goes. People coming up the stairs as we run down the stairs. We're just going to go get some more stuff to throw. We're going to get the big stuff. (laughs) We're going to bring a mattress up. Don't worry. I'd be like, they pay a security team for this. No, good for those people. But also, that would definitely not be my instinct. No, they have weapons. Anyway, pretty badass, but also terrifying. It is. So the security team tried to repel the pirates with the ship's fire hose. But when that failed, they used pistols. And that was successful enforcing them to retreat so as far as pirate prevention goes like i said they have those sonic cannons um they all have like small arms so like usually semi-automatic pistols Mm -hmm. like they used in the last one and those are stored in like a safe only Mm -hmm. accessible by the captain and they also have high pressure hoses so that can be used too i appreciate starting with the hoses yeah don't the, choose violence. The pirates first. certainly didn't start with the hoses. So that's right. Now we're gonna get into like some crimes. Some crimes. I do yeah. have to say to you that one of the things that just makes me immediately a little bit itchy about cruises is when you said the word a thousand passengers, because I get that they're huge, they're city size. Yeah. But something about being trapped on a vessel with that, many, that many people. people. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. It usually doesn't feel like claustrophobic, but sometimes believe you, you think about it. Yes. It's like, ugh. 
Anyway, crimes. Crimes on board. It's possible okay. that that claustrophobia could lead to some crimes. There's your segue because I interrupted you. So <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Our first type of crime is sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So sexual assaults are the most prevalent reported crime on cruise ships, according to the FBI. Since 2015, there have been 454 reported allegations of sex crimes on cruise ships. Of those, a third of victims are minors. Oh, I know. One in four of those reported sexual assaults have been committed by a crew member. So that's not good. Rough. And that's also like, it pisses me off because it's like the cruise ships can control that. Like that should be easy to prevent. Yes and no, right? Because there's always a first offense. I guess. There is within reason a responsibility on the cruise ship to ensure that the people they're hiring are safe to be around other people. Absolutely. But. Fine. Okay. On Disney cruises. Two-thirds of alleged sexual assaults are committed by Disney cruise members, so even worse. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why is it higher on Disney cruises? I know. Come on, kids. Let's go to Disney. Yikes. Dozens of court documents have confirmed, like, all of this. This is how we know all of this. Many major cruise lines have been told they could do more to protect their passengers, like installing more surveillance cameras and hiring additional safety personnel. But they say it's too expensive. I expect every part of that ship, except for my room and bathrooms, to have cameras everywhere. You should have eyes on every single part. And cameras are a one-time expense, right? I mean, as far as hiring, that's an ongoing. But if you install cameras, then they're whatever. Maybe you have to pay a subscription or something. I don't know. I think they should do it. I'm just saying, even their argument is kind of dumb. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> She's not arguing against protecting minors. And, and adults. I don't, <laughs> all people. All people. Let's protect everyone. <laughs> okay. Another major issue with sex, sexual assault on cruise ships. Okay. So on a cruise ship, there's no independent law enforcement to investigate the crimes so passengers are left to rely on security who are often poorly, un- like, not trained. Yeah. Um, they, they're not trained to collect evidence, preserve crime scenes, none of that. So even if it happens, let's say you go to the right people, you, you know, try to preserve evidence. They're not, they're not doing anything. So then nothing happens. Um, major cruise companies like Carnival, Royal Caribbean, Disney, and Norwegian have settled at least 68 civil cases in the last two decades, but many of the cases are settled confidentially before reaching court. So it's probably way more because they're getting rid of the problem before it reaches the court. And based on what we know about sexual assault, like people who are reporting it, there's probably way more cases that are going unreported. So, big bummer. Let's talk about people going missing now. Oh. There were, these are creepy. So you usually like like these. I know. I was hoping sexual assault was like the bottom. We're moving up now. So now they're going to go missing. Next time they're going to get murdered. Oh. (laughs) Okay. So in missing people, a lot of stories that I read were like, there's just like her purse left on the deck there's just like things that are just they're just like gone one of them was like a couple they're just like gone a lot of them are just in individuals one example amy lynn bradley in 1998 went on a cruise with her parents and brother and disappeared two days into their trip they last saw her sitting on the deck of their stateroom which is really upsetting like that's a it sounds like it's like a private balcony i mean she went over right it feels like all of these answers they went over well this is why i'm telling you this one because it's creepy they never saw her again but people have claimed they see her they've seen her tourists claim they've spotted her on a beach with elvis and jfk uh uh-huh a u.s navy sailor claimed he met her in a brothel and this is the creepy one in 2005 her family received a photo of a sex worker named jazz 
and Amy's parents believe their daughter. So they think that's her. Oh my gosh. And so they think that her daughter was, their daughter was kidnapped and like put into human trafficking. Where did they get the picture? I don't know. Were there any updates? It was was the end. That was like 18 years ago. That was the end. That's the last thing? Yeah. Isn't that upsetting? Because it speaks to a larger organized boat thing. Yeah. Like they're hiding, the crew is hiding her some, because the thing about committing crimes on boats. You're stuck. Yes. It's like when I'm on an airplane, if I have to get up to go to the bathroom, I'm going to leave my iPad on my seat because who's going to steal it? Where are they going to go? You're going to go like all Jodie Foster on their asses. Like one that one movie when she was looking for her kid, like you're going to go and you're going to find But about my those. iPad. <laughs> anyway, that's so creepy. That whole I know. thing. I know. What like the mind game, like to send that to her parents anyway. I mean, that's terrible whether it is or isn't her. Yeah. yeah. Another example. This is a crew member. So Rebecca Corium, she was 25 or 24 years old working on a Disney cruise ship. On March 22nd, 2011, she disappeared. In her final moments on CCTV, she looked visibly distressed as she spoke on the phone at 5.45 a.m. When she didn't show up for her 9 a.m. shift, Disney launched a search, couldn't find her, and concluded a rogue wave must have swept her overboard. Just, like, automatically calling that. Her family does not buy this, though. Disney broke protocol by not turning the ship around to look for Rebecca. The captain gave searchers the wrong coordinates, and employees weren't thoroughly interviewed about Rebecca's disappearance. Tracy Medley, who's a fellow employee, came forward and said that she had a relationship with Rebecca, like a romantic one, and the night of her disappearance, Tracy, Rebecca, and a male crew member had a threesome, Tracy says that Rebecca had been struggling with her sexuality, cocaine use, and thoughts of suicide. So she believes Rebecca died by suicide. Which is another major issue on cruise ships. One more example. And then we're going to go on to murder. Great. Mickey Kineski and her ex-husband, Lonnie, Lauren Conconte, went on a cruise after reconciling and planning to remarry But one morning, Mickey vanished, and Lonnie suggested she'd had too much to drink and fallen overboard or taken her own life. Searchers found Mickey's body off the Italian coast, and her autopsy shows that she had not fallen overboard, but she had been strangled to death. Lonnie had purposely booked a balcony room and asked a friend in law enforcement about security on cruise ships. Hey, buddy, um, just curious. How is like I know? How do you work that into a conversation? I think I've heard a Dateline about this. <gasps> of course, this is absolutely like Dateline stuff. Um, he also would have inherited one million dollars if Mickey died. Of course, so. he would have. Yeah, they got all the things. Lonnie was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. So, was that your transition from missing to murdered? Because that was a murder. Yeah. Well, Good job. yeah. And now we're gonna like, I'm gonna talk about more people who died. <laughs> So roughly 400 people have gone missing on cruise ships in the last 20 years. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of people on cruises, on a lot of cruises, but. Millions of people cruise. So like, it's not that much, but it is, it's not a great number. I don't love that. We're in triple digits. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk about deaths in general now. A study from the International Journal of Travel Medicine and Global Health found that there were 623 reported deaths on cruise ships between 2000 and 2019. For passengers, the most common cause of death was from falls, followed by cardiac arrest and suicide. So I'm going to talk about a couple more murders in a second. That's not most likely for us. But for crew members, the most likely cause of death, suicide, murder, and falls. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't love that for them. Um, Cabin fever, right? It's a thing. Yeah. I guess so. Or like, I don't know. Um, Now, a couple other murders. We have Diane Brimble. On September, in September 2002, Diane boarded the P&O Cruises cruise ship Pacific Sky and died 24 hours later. So eight men from South Australia 
who were traveling on the same ship and had spent most of their time on the boat sexually harassing women on board. Um, they met up with Diane at the disco and they went back to their room, the men's room. One of the men gave Diane um, a drug called gamma hydri- hydroxybutyrate, known as GHB. It's illegally used as an intoxicant, an athletic performance enhancer, and as a date rape drug. So the next day, she was found on the floor in the men's cabin with three times the amount of that a recreational user would have taken. One of the men told police that he was angry because Diane fucked up his holiday by dying in his cabin. Oh my gosh. Two men of the eight faced any kind of charges. And they were basically next to nothing because the judge thought that they had been through enough already. Okay. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Very upsetting. And then we have another one. Christy Menares on July 24th, 2017, Kenneth and his wife, Christy, went aboard an Alaskan cruise with their three daughters and extended family members, which is really upsetting because it's like, you think you're safe, right? You're like with your whole family. Yeah. I'm not going to get murdered on this cruise. One night, the couple began arguing, and Christy said she wanted a divorce and told Kenneth to get off the ship at the next stop and travel home from there. Kenneth told his two daughters, who were in the room at that time, to go to another family member's room. It sounds like they went, like, to the next adjoining room. A few minutes later, they heard Christy scream and tried to reenter the cabin when Kenneth told them, don't come in here. They went to the connected balcony and saw Kenneth strangling Christy on the bed, striking her in the head with closed fists. Oh, Christy's, yeah, Christy's two brothers and father entered the cabin, saw Kenneth dragging Christy's body toward the balcony, but one of the brothers pulled her back into the cabin. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison, and then he was found dead in his prison cell shortly after that. That is terrible and tragic. Yeah. But not really the cruise ship's fault. That is a no. thing that was going to happen in that home, probably. Right? That's that guy's yeah, fault. Yeah, that's that guy's fault. I mean, running, I mean, both of these. Like, well, I mean, it's always, I mean, the, all of it's the, always the people's fault. But even that one, it's like the people you came with murdered yeah. you. That's true. Okay. You could also, though, fall overboard. For sure, I would. <laughs> Imagine you spending the whole cruise like <laughs> deadly afraid of the railing, just Walking, like <laughs> like hand against the wall as far away from the railing as possible, like back sliding along it, like I'm walking on a super narrow <laughs> ledge. So since 2000, more than 300 people have fallen off cruise ships. Sometimes passengers do survive. In November of 2022, James Michael Grimes fell overboard after a few drinks on the Carnival Valor. After falling in, he came to and there was no boat in sight. <gasps> Can you imagine? Oh, no. <laughs> Just like, you know, in Titanic, when Jack floats into the ocean at the end, that's what I would just be like, goodbye. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> For the next 20 hours, he treaded water, battled jellyfish, rip currents, and shark infested waters. I agree. This is kind of like the passengers who saved off the pirates. It's just, I admire and appreciate that he did that. I could never. No. (laughs) I would be like, it's over. After about just 30 minutes, I would be like, I guess this is it. Just the sun exposure alone. I'd be like, that's true. I would burst into flame. (laughs) He had to eat objects floating by like a plank of bamboo in order to stay alive. You don't have water. You don't have, you know, the Coast Guard spotted him, rescued him. But that's like a real exception. Many passengers don't survive after falling overboard. Only 17 to 25 percent of people are rescued. Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, it's no little fall. Right. And then it sounds like he like got knocked out. I'm confused that he came to in the. I mean, people are buoyant, I guess. He landed on his back or something and was just... And then, yeah, you're in open water. So there's. it's not like there's going to be a lot of vessels coming through. Your best hope is the Coast Guard. 
Yeah. Insane. Wow. Now let's talk about fires. So sometimes cruise ships catch fire. That's terrible. Usually usually in like the engine room. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to talk about the main story, which is Carnival Triumph, also known as Poop Cruise from Hell. I do kind of remember this now. (laughs) Um, And maybe you're going to tell me this later, but do cruises have a fire suppression system? Yeah. But carnival messed up on this ship tell me about the poop cruise from hell (laughs) on february 7th 2013 the amount of joy this one gives me is really bad okay (laughs) the carnival triumph cruise ship left galveston texas for the gulf of mexico on a four-day cruise with 3,143 passengers and a thousand crew members but the cruise ship had some issues even before setting sail and carnival knew all about it the generator on the ship yeah that's the thing it's carnival it's carnival (laughs) it's their fault they are the generator name's coming up a lot (laughs) i know the generator on the ship was overdue for maintenance they also had other cruise ships with fuel line issues that caused fires and while carnival installed safety measures on other ships they didn't think they needed it on this one spoiler alert they did they also knew that this ship had previously had issues with propulsion. They were like, that's fine. Check, check, check. Let's go. I want to say, too, it was called the Triumph, right? Yeah. I want to go back just... to the, the Titanic, which if we learned anything, it's that if you name something like the unsinkable ship or <laughs> the Triumph or whatever, something's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's even better that it's called the Triumph. Okay, so on February 10th, 2013, a fire broke out in the engine room. Although the fire was put out immediately, it caused a loss of power and propulsion. This was, by the way, the fourth engine room fire on a Carnival-owned ship, resulting in a loss of power. The loss of power turned off the air conditioning, running water, and toilets. Oh, no. Passengers were then informed that they were to use red biohazard bags to poop in and drop them off in bins in the hallways. Oh. If they had to pee, they could do it in the shower. Where there's no running water. Yeah. Do they have uh, a water storage? I mean, as far as drinking water, do they have like a water storage backup? They must have. They've got to, right? They must have. I didn't say anything about that. Okay. So the halls are just full of hot poop. Full of it. (laughs) The air conditioner's off also. Well, it's hot. The poop is hot. They can't shower. It's smelly. I'm sorry. If, like, I love that their first gut instinct is like, we should have them poop in bags, right? We shouldn't, like, get at the life... You know, this isn't like an emergency situation where we need to be rescued. Let's just make it work by pooping in bags. They've got to be hoping that they're going to get the power back on quickly, right? I guess. But they don't end up doing that. Also, like, if this was me, I was a passenger on here, I guess I just, like, wouldn't poop for the rest. Like, until (laughs) I'd be like, that system is shut down. Yeah, it's already it's already a trip, so things are already weird, right? There's a high probability that's already happening, so (laughs) just lean into it. You're just like that just doesn't happen to me anymore. Eat anything because it's gonna be hot and smelly, so you'll be safe. Uh, okay. With the stench and the heat inside. Many passengers dragged their mattresses outside onto the decks for fresh and cooler air. For sure. People constructed tents with their sheets on decks, which they named Tent City. (laughs) You ever been on a cruise? Yeah, I was on a cruise where we had to construct a tent city. So that was my last one. Thank you. Like at that point, I paid $2,000 to to construct a tent city. Do you like forts? Do you like kind of camping? <laughs> Let me tell you what I got for you. Come to Carnival. We've got the cruise ship for you. 
have you tried camping in the middle of the ocean? Like at that point, people are building tents outside. Get the helicopters here. Get them off of this boat. They were probably just, they probably sent the event coordinator out to be like, it's birthday. We're building a fort. And it turned into that episode of Community. Has anyone seen that episode? It's really fun. Let's do that. (laughs) Unrelated to anything else going on, I was thinking today it would be fun (laughs) to turn the deck into a fort. Again, unrelated to anything else going on. This was always the plan from me as the event coordinator. (laughs) Okay. So Carnival had a great idea. To make passengers feel better about their shitty situation. Ah. (laughs) They hosted a free open bar with wine and beer available from the afternoon until midnight. That's so much time. You have to think that anytime you're in any kind of high pressure situation, alcohol's not going to mellow people out. No, this is very 10 cent beer night. It's going to add fuel to the fire. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. A lot of bad ideas. Like like an hour at max. Get them a little bit. Or you give everyone every day two drink tickets. Right. You say everyone has two free drinks a day. You don't That's just it. do you're not free just for all. Like, you're like, here's some warm Chardonnay because we don't have refrigeration. Maybe they didn't have enough running water. And so they were oh like, God, we got to keep people hydrated with beer. <laughs> also, here's water in it. It's fine. Also, they were like, in the, was it medieval period, everyone drank beer because it was safer than water. If we it again are in that situation. Please give your children this Bud Light. Um... Also, I just, <laughs> the ABV is low. <laughs> I just have to say too that all the people who were like, I'm hanging in the shower as little as possible are now just wasted on wine and are just peeing <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere. Off the so side Just keep of the it boat. off the tents. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. This deck is our sacred space. You can do whatever you need to down below at this point, but this deck. <laughs> God, you must have been just so pissed if you had gotten, like, a room without a, like, window. Ooh. You gotta splurge. Okay. So, tugboats finally arrived. They decided to dock in Mobile, Alabama, instead of the original plan to dock in the Mexican port of Progresso. I didn't even realize Mobile was a coastal town. Well, it's really, this is going to be, like, the biggest cruise ship that ever docks there. And that's going to bring about problems as well. So, because the currents have, like, pulled them away. Right. So, but to get to Because they don't have propulsion, right? Right. So, they're just, like, drifting. So, they're kind of stranded. Now, to get to Alabama, it's going to add two more days onto their trip. No! That's at that point when you're like, let's get the passengers off. It's not like a cruise ship tow truck. A tow ship. That's the tugboat. But that's too small. It needs to be the size of the cruise ship. Minimum. That's like trying to tow your Ford F-150 with a little Honda Odyssey. Isn't that funny how they do use those for, like, big boats? Yeah. Yeah. Two days. That's so many more days. Food's running out? Food is running out. So, like, still, we're going to keep the passengers on the boat. It's fine. Food's running out. Also, all the food is, like, it has to be not cooked. Well, so isn't it going bad? Do they not have... Well, yeah. So, they're having to use only dry goods and stuff? Right. I think, like, one I read that they were reading, like, eating, like, cucumber sandwiches. Slices of bread and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. So... Passengers are now having to wait in long lines for these minimal food rations. Fights are breaking out. Well, don't forget, they're hungry and extremely drunk on an empty stomach. Probably constipated if (laughs) got to be. Got to be. (laughs) Now, helicopters dropped supplies, including a generator, which would give them hot food again. Yay. Parts of the ship's toilets had also been restored. And passengers could finally charge their phones again. I don't know what parts of the ship's toilets had been Uh, restored means. I don't either. I imagine certain ones are working. 
I mean, at that point, do, does your room just become a public toilet? Because maybe how can they, you say yeah? Well, maybe they like restored the ones in the public areas, like oh. above deck, like in the dining area, in the places, the public restrooms. That's the move. I would not really. want to go in there. No, thank you. Just long ass lines. Okay. Yeah, but on the other hand, they're probably the cleanest parts of the ship because no one's been in there for however many days. It's unfortunately probably true. In this is my favorite part. In Carnival's court filing, they remind passengers that their tickets make no guarantee for safe passage, a seaworthy vessel, adequate and wholesome food, and sanitary and safe living conditions. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it's you are going out in the open water, so I understand some clauses like we're not responsible for acts of God, but this is that's so beyond. That's crazy. That's crazy. Nothing needs to be clean. You don't need to be fed. All the things that you thought you were gonna get, we don't actually need to give you any of them. (laughs) What if when you got on a what if when you bought a plane ticket, it was like we do not guarantee a vessel that can fly arrival at your destination. It's an over, let's say it's an international flight, a working toilet or anything to drink for the whole 11 hours. And you were just like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to take this. Oh, so bad. Okay. So that was poop cruise. Now seemed like a normal transition. We go from poop to diseases on ships. Yeah. (laughs) This is my biggest thing actually. Cause this one feels the most actually likely to happen. Yeah. So a couple of them, not as big of a deal, but I'll still talk about them. There's Legionnaire's disease, which is a bacteria that can grow in pools and spas and can cause infections when inhaled as an aerosol or aspirated. Uh-oh. People who are immunocompromised are more susceptible. So pretty much it affects those people the most. Okay. Now, there have been some E. coli outbreaks as well. Since 2008, there's been at least one reported incident each year on cruise ships. Yeah. So, like, you know, out of the, like, how many cruise ships every year, not too bad, but. Okay, what else? Also, norovirus, which Mm. is usually associated with cruise ships. Yeah. So, it's a contagious virus that you get from another infected person, from contaminated food or water, or by touching contaminated surfaces. The virus causes your stomach or intestines to get inflamed, which leads to stomach pain, nausea, diarrhea, and vomiting. Symptoms usually emerge within 12 to 48 hours of being exposed. Most people get better after a few days, but severe cases may require hospitalization. Now, this is like weird and gross to me. The virus can continue to spread for two weeks or more after an infected person stops having symptoms of the illness, which I don't love. No, I hate that. But it does make sense because my understanding was that it's super contagious. And so once you have kind of an outbreak, forget it. Also, a cruise ship is the last place I want to be having those symptoms. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, on a boat. So gross. So gross. Now, because of the close living quarters on a cruise ship, it's increasing the amount of interpersonal contact, which is increasing cases so the chance of contracting the virus on an average seven-day cruise is less than one percent okay in 2009 during which more than 13 million people went on a cruise there were nine reported norovirus outbreaks on cruise ships okay a recent cdc study showed that from 2008 to 2014 only 0.18 percent of those 73 million cruise passengers and 0.15% of some 28 million cruise crew members reported symptoms of the illness. All right. Before you feel too good, though. I'm not going to. Norovirus outbreaks have spiked on cruise ships this year. With Why? more. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. They have more outbreaks happening between January and June of 2023 than over the course of any other full calendar year in the last decade. Okay. Is it, are they looking at it by number or by percentage? Because m- more people are traveling like, now that yeah nobody traveled for a couple years, obviously. And now that we're kind of coming out of that, just more people in general period are traveling this year. And That's so 
I don't know how they're, if that statistic is based on percentage or if it's purely numbers, because that would probably make a difference. I can't give you that information. No, no. I, it's okay. It, all I know is that 13 outbreaks have been reported so far in 2023. Unfortunate. Yeah. So <laughs> just wait on the Hallmark cruise till next year. Maybe next year will be There you better. go. This year's sold out. I'll pretend like that's why I'm waiting and not just because. Exactly. Now we're going to talk about COVID too. Um, yeah. On the Diamond Princess. But before we talk about that, in 2016, on the same cruise ship, there was a norovirus outbreak as well. So that's cute. Now, for the COVID. January 20th, 2020. The ship began its 16-day cruise starting from uh, from Yokohama port in Japan. They're sailing around, making stops, on their way back to their original port. So they're like on their way home. They get a call from the Hong Kong government that one of the passengers who had disembarked the cruise had tested positive for COVID. The captain waited nearly 48 hours to inform the crew and passengers. So that's allowing the virus to spread. And it was then, so after these 48 hours, then the passengers are told to go to their cabins and stay there. The first issue they faced with was like, who's in charge? Yeah. Is it the cruise line? Is it the country from where the ship was docked? Is it the countries from where each passenger is from? This is all like leading to more information delays. Yes. They don't really know who's supposed to be in charge of this. They also did not have appropriate appropriate PPE. Right. Delivered food three times a day face to face. Oh, no. Yeah. They also limited tests to only those who were showing symptoms, and then only after they tested positive would they be taken off the ship and to medical facilities on land, giving plenty of time in between for other people to get infected. To be fair, that's pretty much what the whole world was doing in January. True. Very true. (laughs) Oh, no. After 39 days on the ship, over and like. Yeah, I just can't imagine 39 days. Over three weeks in quarantine, the last of the 2,666 passengers began their journeys home and to then begin a two-week quarantine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. that this The cruise ship example is truly the one that feels most straight out of a dystopian novel. Yeah. Because first of all, there's that thing where they're going from port to port, just getting and sharing this disease all over the place, yeah. right? And then, yeah, just being stuck on that ship for 39 days. It makes me think of after 9-11 when they redirected a bunch of flights to Canada. And the people sat on the airplane for in excess of 24 hours, which is much shorter, but on an airplane. But that's, I would lose my mind. And they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. They, yeah, anyway, mm, I'm sure they were running out of food. I think I remember even the food that they were giving them yeah, was getting like smaller bad. and smaller. Cause what do you yeah. do? Although if they, right. can, if they can move passengers off to a medical facility, they should be able to get supply drops, right? Yeah, there must've been, they have I to. remember they must've, but like, I remember cause this was January. So it was still like normal for us. Mm-hmm. I was at a teaching I was, like, getting my teaching certification, so we had to do, like, this bullshit, you know, once a month you meet up and supposedly learn things. And while we were definitely learning things, one of the guys that we were talking to said that he knew someone on this (gasps) ship. And they were, like, telling him about all of these, like, the stupid food that they were getting, like, one Dorito chip and, like, bread with, like, cheese on it. Like, really pitiful. That's terrible. Yeah. So, at least 712 of the 3,711 passengers and crew were infected, and by mid-April 2029 had died, unfortunately. Yeah. Honestly, that doesn't feel like enough infections for the way that I know. we didn't have any idea what we were doing, and they were all in such close quarters. for It's an insane amount, but it feels like it should be higher. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Um. So, yeah, that's cruise ships. How afraid do we really need to be? Um, 
A recent study by economic consultant G.P. Wild argued that cruises are getting safer over time, even as capacity increased 55% between 2009 and 2018, the number of overall operational incidents declined 37%, and the rate of man overboard cases dropped 35%. Now, like most of the things that we've talked about are rare, right? Pirates, murder, falling overboard, very rare. Millions of people go on cruise ships every year. Nothing happens to them. A lot of it is like, common sense like don't right. lean over the balcony right um but the things that maybe you want to worry about a little bit norovirus is having a moment that's right i don't love that <laughs> at all that's actually the biggest reason i'm like mm. yeah and then sexual assault well on that also but you know unfortunately especially if you're a woman, it's not only women, obviously, but especially if you're a woman, you are trained to just be afraid of sexual assault at all times. So cruise ships are nothing different. There's You're still around people. There's still that risk. I think like the biggest thing is just like, don't go on a cruise ship and think that like, it's safe or like, sure. it's different than the real world. Like the sure. people who just kind of like, oh, send the kids out. They can do whatever they want. Where can they go? Well, there are other people on the ship that might not be safe. So just, you know, use your common sense and you'll probably be fine. So that's cruise ships. Do you still want to go on the um, Hallmark cruise? Incredible. Um, I mean, maybe next year post norovirus outbreak. But yeah, I stand by the belief that Hallmark, nothing bad happens on a Hallmark (laughs) cruise. Because it's not allowed. Just as long as it's not operated by Carnival, I think you're going to be... It's just going to be me and hundreds of middle-aged to elderly women. So I think I'll be fine, honestly. Demographic-wise, it's probably one of the safer cruises to go on. Yeah. And I kind of feel that way about Alaska because my sister Christine has gone on one and she's like, the vibe is very different. It's much more like older crowd, Mm. much more chill. And I'm like, honestly, that sounds kind of dope. I do kind of want to figure out like, what's the most retirement cruise? That's the cruise I want to go on. I believe it's Alaska. Okay. And I'm going to go like in the middle of the year and or like in the middle of the spring or the not in the summer. Yeah. I love that for us. All right. What uh, is making you anxious this week, Lorian? Yeah. So this week I had to give I had to do um conduct a training for this new hire with this group and not my group but the customer group and it was the training that we developed for three days in-person training tons of hands-on practice and activity systems training and I was doing it one day online no practice so just me and this guy and a lot of powerpoints uh it took about six hours. Um, it's exhausting. It was like closer to five hours of actual constant training, but it, nothing is weirder for me than presenting to the void. You know, we don't have cameras. So I'm just running through these slides, hoping that he is, he's still there. Like that his connection hasn't dropped. It's, I'm a big, I need the energy of the room to know how things are going. And so it's truly the most nerve wracking. And, you know, when you actually develop virtual training to be virtual, you build in engagement and participation and checks. And of course, this doesn't have that because it wasn't developed that way. And so I, it was, it was a lot of just talking to no one and hoping that it was landing and occasionally making a joke and being like, did that go anywhere? I have no idea because I can't see or hear the person on the other end. So it, yeah. uh, I felt like I was bombing joke wise. Um, And yeah, then I finished and I had no voice like for the rest of the day. Yeah. I had just been talking to him probably too loudly because again, I can't gauge how loud I'm talking. Turn it down. <laughs> That's what I figure. Yeah. So it was good to get that out of the way on Thursday. Uh, um, I hate that. That brings me back to early COVID and like trying terrible. to teach to little black. Squares. I know. That's so bad. At least with adults too. I'm like, well, hopefully he's at least kind of paying attention because he's going to need this to do his job with high school students. Right. There's no way they're listening to you. No, absolutely not. So what about you? Okay. So last, 
week. I, okay, so I was coming home after dog sitting and house sitting. I brought the cats home early, so I brought them home with all their shit. And immediately upon getting out of my car, there was a guy walking towards me in the parking lot. And he was like, hey, can I use your phone to call my friend? Whatever. I, like, didn't even, like, something about how his phone something. I have Poe. I have now a cat backpack and, like, a regular carrier. I figure it's easier. Also, I always think about, like, what if there's a, you know, natural disaster and I have to take the cats, you know? I need one on the back. Anyway, so I have Poe on my fucking back. I'm grabbing the other cat. I'm like, look... I got to put the cats away. Like maybe when I come back, sure, fine. Because I'm like, how do I get out of this? Yeah. Because I'm con- like in those moments, my brain is thinking about a thousand things at once. Like, how do I say no right. without upsetting this guy further? He could follow me into my apartment or like to my apartment. He could like get mad if I say no. What's a reasonable right reason I could give him? My phone's dead. That like, how likely is that? Right. Uh, I'm out of minutes. It's the 90s. <laughs> out of minutes. Like, I'm just like, I don't I know how to say I think you should try no. that in the future because people <laughs> will just be so confused. I already figure out what I would say next then time, they'll which be is like, good. Okay. But next time I would be like, go down to the main office. They have a phone. Oh, like, that's yeah. what. But I didn't think about no, that because. No, no, Of course not. And so I'm like, fuck. Like, and I'm getting mad at myself because I'm like. You talk this big game about, like, you've read so many things, you shouldn't interact with him. You know that, but I don't know how to get out of this. Right. No, I think that's... So I'm, like, self-preservation, but I'm also, like, ooh. So now I'm mad at myself, so I go back, I drop the cats off. I'm, like, okay, hopefully I'll see you soon, and I don't get murdered. Bye. I'm hoping also that he, like, maybe leaves. Right. By the time I get out there. Right. No, he's still fucking there. And worst of all, there's another man who's like walking his dog. And I'm like, great. Ask the man. That's better. Yeah. Use like, do men just not have like any awareness? It pisses me off. No, he's talking to the guy with the dog. Just to be friendly. Nope. Still waiting for me. That's weird. So I've already decided, okay, it'll be fine. It'll be really quick. He's not touching my phone. I will dial it for him. I will put it on speakerphone. I tell him this. He's like, fine. I enter it in. He calls his friend. It sounds genuine. Like he's just figuring out where he is. He's supposed to be here. He's not. Okay. He's at the Walmart. The guy's like, oh, that's fine for standing me up because now I made a new friend. I'm like, dear fucking God. Call is over. I'm like, okay. You're like, you better be talking about that guy and his dog because. Uh Not me. Bye, buddy. He's like, I really thank you so much. You know, um, I really appreciate it. You know, I owe you one. And I'm like, no, no, you do not. We're good. Please let me just go living my life without ever seeing you again. He's like, oh, my name's Jerome. I don't know what his name was. I want to say Jerome. It definitely wasn't Jerome. My name is whatever. What's your name? And I'm like, dear fucking God. I'm like, Catherine. He's like, oh, you have cats? Has anyone ever called you cat before? I'm like, yeah, they have. I'm like, please leave. Suddenly, he's like, I want to give you a hug for like, I'm like, how do I say no to this? Suddenly, I fucking hug at him. I mean, you do what you got to do to get in your car and out of the situation. And then, so then it's over, right? But then he's like, oh, you know what? I have, you like cats, right? I have some things you might be interested in. No. Like, I don't even know what you could possibly (laughs) offer me. I don't want to know. So now he's like, can I have your number? No. So I did what I do when I, when any guy asks me for my number and I don't want to give it to him. I give him my fake number, which is half of my number and half of my mom's number. Smart. <laughs> it's well, smart and- unless you forget. Well, I've never forgotten. And in this case too, you know, he doesn't have a phone because you do have to be careful because oh. people will call you right away and then be like, now you'll have right. my number too while you're well, there. I was like, why can you enter in my phone number in your phone, but you can't make a call? Whatever. He enters it in. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, well, what the fuck have we been doing? I'm like, whatever. Fine. Here's my fake number. Goodbye. And he's like, what are you doing later? No. So I make up some things. I should have, another thing that I learned, I should have immediately made up a boyfriend. 
didn't yeah, do that. That is the move. Just be like, Always hey, working it. Yeah, my boyfriend. I'm gonna be. He's gonna be coming over. He's already inside. He's what? Like, oh yeah, he's upstairs. Should have done that. So finally, it's over. He's leaving. Goodbye. I have so much. My adrenaline is just going. Yes. Then I go inside and I realize he has a fake number. His friend has the real number. <gasps> no. I immediately block that number. Yeah, that he just called. But I'm like, he could still look at it. Yeah, but... but he didn't seem like the smartest guy. It's been a week. I think we're fine. I think you're fine. I think, yeah. He also didn't, he was a little weird. It doesn't sound like he actually did anything overtly threatening. I'm not saying that no. he was, but it doesn't feel like, hopefully, even if he tried to call it didn't work, he was like, okay, yeah. let it go. No big deal. It seems just, possible based on the interaction that that's the route he would go, but that's very stressful. Made me very... I'm sorry anxious and then I was just like yes. mad at myself and then no, I'm like that's I know you didn't do anything wrong I just want to be like a badass all the time but then I'm like that could get me killed so yeah no I think you're good okay you did fine so yeah Jerome is somewhere out there not with the name Jerome or your phone using... number <laughs> <laughs> um what is bringing you joy yeah, the couple weeks ago, this coffee shop that is was about 40 minutes away opened another location like two minutes from my house. So it's super fun. They have good coffee. It's just really happy in there. They're really friendly in a nice way. And then they let you do whatever you're like, then you can go work. It's a big enough space that some smaller coffee shops I hate to sit in because I feel like I'm working in front of the barista constantly <laughs> and they have tables off to the side and they have a back room. And so you're not just staring down the barista and maybe that's, they probably don't care about me, but I always feel like they're waiting to see when I'm going to leave or whatever. So, but I think they're probably mostly the only person they don't want there is like the Karen who's really upset I know. about like the foam on her latte. Or if I went in and tried to record a podcast from their coffee shop, they probably wouldn't love that. Have you seen that? Or is this no, I was thinking that about it? Should we try okay. it? We, maybe. I think the, like, I don't think um, these yeah. mics are good enough for <laughs> us to. Uh, no, it's really cute. I really, it was a fun space. It's also, it, it was a small business that had closed. So it's cool that another small oh, business nice. took the space and um, my city's smallish. So we have a number of Starbucks and Dunkin's and those are great, but it's fun to have like independent coffee shops so close. So yeah. That's all. What um, about you? I've been forcing my sister to do a bunch of summer things before she leaves me to, like travel and stuff. Um, so we went like we, one day we went to the lake near her place and we took her kayak out and, you know, sat and like read and drank Aperol Spritz slushies and it was awesome. And then we went to see a waterfall. And oh, cool. so it was just like fun summery things. And yeah, I just, nice. I never want summer to end, really. You and yeah. the kids? Hmm. Probably me more than the kids, honestly. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. The world can be a scary place. Don't forget to take a deep breath. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore anxiety pod. We'll talk to you next week.